Welcome to the Run With Soul podcast. You are listening to episode four of a nine part series about the World Marathon Challenge. In episode three, I talked about the brutal and incredible experience of attempting to run a marathon in the Antarctic in a place called Novo on a Russian base down south. And uh, there was some interesting things that I learned about that experience and I shared them uh, with you all in episode three. So if you've missed that, feel free to catch up on the podcast on episode three about the Antarctic. Today, I'll actually be sharing with you about my trip to Perth, which of course for me was home soil, and in particular, a partnership that I experienced in Perth that was incredibly helpful. Before I begin about Perth, I'd like to talk about the journey of actually getting from the Antarctic to Perth. So. Once we completed the uh, very interesting marathon in the Antarctic, we had the job of flying back to Cape Town en route to Perth. So um, most of you uh, may know that our uh, layout of the different um, uh, continents that we were supposed to go to actually got changed. So what happened is we were supposed to um, go from Cape Town to the Antarctic and the Antarctic was supposed to be Marathon 1 and then we were going to fly back to Cape Town for Marathon 2 and then on to Perth for Marathon 3. And because of the weather conditions in the Antarctic, what ended up happening is that we started in Cape Town for Marathon 1 and then we went to the Antarctic for Marathon 2. So when we headed back to Cape Town, instead of racing, we actually just had to collect all of our luggage and it was more of a passing through Cape Town rather than running there. So we had quite a long journey from the Antarctic to Perth. We flew all the way back to Cape Town on the Russian cargo plane, which wasn't the most comfortable experience. And again, I'll, I shared more in uh, episode three if you wanted to catch some more about that. And then when we got to Cape Town, we then flew to Perth, but we, all, we had to go via Mauritius and Jakarta on the way. So. The total hours between the Antarctic and Perth was about an 18 hour journey uh, with all the different flights that we had to take. So it was a long time in our schedule and we lost quite a bit of time there, which wasn't the greatest. And we actually had quite a bit of recovery time, which was really helpful for all of the runners at that point. Obviously we'd done the first marathon in, in Cape Town and not very long after that we'd done the second one in the Antarctic and it was quite challenging so race three or marathon three in three days was quite a challenge so to have uh, that 18 hour distance um, between the the two was helpful just to try and get some extra recovery in. On the way to Perth, when we landed in the airport, uh, a lot of the other runners and participants were actually talking to me about the process of being on home soil. So uh, for me, I'm from Melbourne, um, but Perth, of course, is still part of Australia. And, and there was definitely this sense of, in the middle of this very challenging week, this sense of coming home. And again, it wasn't my home city. I'd only ever been to Perth once before that. And funnily enough, it was actually 12 months earlier <laughs> to go and watch the Perth leg of the World Marathon Challenge in the year before that I was competing. So not only was I excited just to be on home soil and just to feel that sense of familiarity, I actually was, uh, there was a bit of a sense of deja vu as well. And it was quite bizarre to, to feel um, like I was 12 months 
down the track but in a different position so the year before I had gone to Perth to cheer on somebody else in the competition and support them and this year I was actually there 12 months to the day almost <laughs> actually participating in the race so that in itself was quite exciting. When it came to starting the Perth Marathon in terms of the conditions they were pretty much perfect when we when we look at all of the seven races that we did in that week they were pretty much the best a lot of the other participants talk about Australia being their favorite race and I think one of the reasons for that was because it was the middle of our summer and it was the middle of the night so we started at midnight and the temperature was quite nice it wasn't too cold it wasn't too hot and the first two races for us were quite windy so to experience a, a race that wasn't very windy in Perth was quite lovely you know that the city was bustling and booming and there was pretty lights everywhere and it really was just a, a fantastic scene to be running alongside the river with all of these participants that we've now become quite close friends with in some very lovely conditions. As a runner, in, fa in fact in particular in, as a marathon runner, we have different terminology that we use to describe races at times and one of them is when we're referring to a marathon Lots of people talk about the front half of a marathon versus the back half. And what we mean by that is you can really break a marathon down into those two sections. One is the first 21 kilometers and the other is the second 21 kilometers. And once you've pushed your body beyond a half marathon, <laughs> things can go wrong. <laughs> and there's a lot of complexity in the back half of a marathon. That's sort of what we call it, the back half versus the front half. And some runners even try to do what we call a negative split. So we run the first half, let's say you might do the first half in two hours, and then you might try and run the second half in less than that in order to have what we call this negative split. So the terminology talking about the first half of a race, particularly in a marathon, versus the back half of a marathon is quite common amongst runners. You know, they might talk about you know the first half going really well and then it all goes wrong in the back half or they might talk about the first half was quite challenging for them but once they got going the back half just was pretty cruisy so it's terminology that we use quite often. One of the things about Perth for me is that the first half of the, the whole first half of that race went so well. I'm on home soil I'm excited to be there <laughs> The conditions are fantastic. I'm running alongside Linda, which is one of the participants from the US. And we'd done the first two races together. So we'd gotten to know one another quite well. And we were really enjoying it. Scenery was fantastic. The conditions were great. Even the support crew in Australia were really lovely. And they were making sure we had all the right supplies and they were really supportive and encouraging. And even the course itself was really nice. So as I ran that first half alongside Linda, we had a lot of fun, <laughs> you know, and we got to almost recover a little bit in that first half as well, really get the legs going again. And I really do describe that first half of Perth as quite enjoyable. And then it all fell apart. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what happened, but I think it was just an accumulation of, again, this is the third marathon that I'm doing in the space of three days and um, we'd experienced some quite challenging conditions in the, in the first one in Cape Town and then the Antarctic was even more challenging. It took a lot longer to get the Antarctic done than what I'd originally planned and I think my body was just starting to feel it. I ran the first half 
in nearly personal record time. So I'm around the four hour mark to get a marathon done. And uh, that first half I did in about two hours and 10 minutes. So I'm really 10 minutes off my personal best. So I'm running really well. And when I hit that 21K mark at the end of the first half and I looked at the clock, <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, you know what, how amazing would this be? If, I, if the, the third race in Perth on home soil was not only my best one of the competition for the World Marathon Challenge, but imagine if I could get a personal record, like that would just be super cool, considering I've just done two marathons. So I was pretty excited. Not long after that, I really started to feel just my muscles were tired. And I was still excited to be there and I was still going well, but they, my muscles weren't cramping, but they were just... They were really tired and really sore. And I just remember at one point feeling like I wanted to walk. And I was running along and I was chatting to Linda who was running beside me and we were going quite well, as I mentioned. And I just said to her, I'm just so sore. Like my muscles are so sore. And Linda was doing this competition for the second time. So I often referred to her and asked her advice on strategy. And we shared a lot as we ran, which was fantastic to have that experience running alongside me. And, you know, she said, we've just got to keep going. You know, of course you're going to get sore, you're going to get tired. You're putting your body through its paces this week. We just have to keep moving. I'm like, okay, I got this. <laughs> so we keep moving. And then three or four minutes later, I'm like, no, 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 my muscles are just so sore. And I found myself in this battle between my mind and my muscles. And it was like, my mind was saying to me, this is so exciting, you're in Australia, this is home soil, you're doing so well, this is really great conditions, like enjoy this. And my muscles were just saying, I'm in so much pain, I just have to stop, I can't do this anymore, I'm so sore, I just don't want to work. Like the whole time I felt like my muscles were just being like, nope, 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 I'm not doing it. <laughs> and it was this struggle between mind and muscle. And Linda and I both ran with our music in at times, so you know there would be times in those moments of pain that I would just sort of turn my music up and try and drown out the pain. <laughs> then there were other times where I'd just turn to Linda and just say, I just need to walk for a few moments because the pain is just overwhelming. Now this continued for, for most of the back half. Like we would run and walk and run and walk and I'd be sore and I'd have to push through and I still stayed in that um, zone of, of mind versus muscle the whole time. And I remember at one point, uh, closer to the sort of the end of the race, I said to Linda, I feel like I'm slowing you down. <laughs> you know, you, she could have had the chance to run a lot faster than I did, um, but I was in a lot of pain. And I remember she turned to me and she said, this is your home run. I'm not leaving you behind. So you're just going to have to learn to run. <laughs> and in that moment, I was... I was almost a bit annoyed that she was so encouraging and so happy about <laughs> running faster. But at the same time, I was just so humbled by the fact that somebody would get alongside me like that and say, you know what, we've got this, we can do this together, let's keep going. If it, was, wasn't, if it wasn't for Linda, I don't know how I would have got through Perth because I was in so much pain. That back half was really difficult. And one of the things that I learnt in that whole moment especially right towards the end of the race when I felt like giving up, is that there's power in partnership. There's a lot of power in doing something together rather than separately. 
you know, towards the end of the race, even on the last lap. You know, Linda said to me, I'm going to run ahead of you and grab your Australia flag out of your bag so that you get the opportunity to not have to slow down and you can just run across the line with your, with your Australian flag. And I was like, you know what? This person was being so selfless <laughs> and they assisted me so much. And it was quite overwhelming. And that taught me about how powerful partnering with somebody can be, especially when you feel like times get really tough and it gets overwhelming. And I'm sure there's times in your life where things become overwhelming. You might be facing something that's really painful. It might not be marathon running, but maybe you're running a marathon in an area of your life and it's challenging you. Maybe there's elements that you feel like you wanna give up on. Maybe there's something that you're working towards that just doesn't feel like it's working. You can't see the end result. You can't see the finish line. It all feels hopeless. And maybe sometimes you just feel like you're doing it alone. And I know that when I felt like I was alone, to have somebody partnering with me, standing beside me and helping me was one of the best things I could have imagined in that moment. And I think it was the difference for me between crossing the line eventually <laughs> and alone <laughs> or succeeding together. There really is power in joining together with somebody to achieve a goal. That's why we have teamwork. <laughs> and for a lot of you, you might be like me in the sense of, I'm, I sort of see myself a little bit independent and a bit too independent sometimes. I kind of feel like I'm superwoman and I can take on the world and I can be very stubborn and competitive as well. So I sort of just feel like I'm capable and want to do everything on my own. And it takes a lot of courage to realise that sometimes, in fact, most of the time, doing it alone <laughs> is difficult <laughs> and you can succeed so much faster together when you work in partnership with someone else. So when I wrap up the whole of Perth <laughs> and, and what I learnt that day, one thing is that I'm incredibly thankful for a quality individual that ran alongside me and just showed me nothing but care and encouragement and was just selfless enough to assist me in the process so that we would make it together. If anybody was gonna get left behind that day, it was gonna be me and Linda wouldn't allow that. And that just shows you how powerful it can be in a moment where you feel like you're giving up. So I'd love to share with you about something that might help you if you feel like you're facing a challenge on your own. And it's called the AAA. And no, it's not a battery. <laughs> it's three words that I think could help transform the way that you partner with somebody or that you achieve success. Because this is what it's done for me. The first one is ask. And I know that can be such a challenge, particularly for people that feel like they're independent and they can conquer the world. Just because you have the strength to conquer, it doesn't mean you should do it alone. So sometimes it's about not just asking for help. <laughs> you know, lots of people say, you know, when you're struggling, ask for help. It's not just about asking, but it's about intentionally asking and saying, I need this type of person to help me right now. I need you to help me with this because you're the one that knows and I don't know how to do this, but you do. Intentionally asking. So first A, from the triple A's is about ask. Ask for help. 
ask for assistance, ask for somebody, not just to help you, but to partner with you to achieve it together. The second one is actually allowing a partnership. There's a big difference between asking and allowing. And I learned that in the marathon in Perth because as Linda was trying to help me, I could have put my wall up and I could have put my guard up and I could have said, you know what, this is not okay. I'm not happy for you to wait with me and help with me and partner with me. I need you to just go off and do your own marathon. But what I did in that moment is I allowed somebody that was trying to help me to help me. I just allowed that. I didn't push back. I didn't say to them that it, was, it wasn't okay for them to do that. I just allowed them in <laughs> and I, I even allowed them to see my vulnerability. There were moments where I was running with tears just running down my face and I just, I ran while I was crying and I didn't want anyone to see that, but I allowed that moment because she was doing everything that she could to help me and we persisted together. So the first, first A is ask, the second A is to allow, there's a very big difference. The third part of that is to assist, assist other people. If you see somebody like Linda did when she looked at me, she saw somebody who needed help, who needed encouragement. If you are walking alongside someone in life and you can see that they're struggling, offer to assist, to partner with them so that you can both succeed in that thing. It could be something like a relationship. <laughs> that one's a tricky one. Humans are complex, so is communication. It could be something in the workplace where you see someone who just needs a bit of help and you might have not necessarily the answer, but you just might be able to join with them and work it out together. It might even be in a family unit or even on a team where you're part of a team in a, in a sport or a hobby. But be okay about assisting other people and partnering with them because there's power in partnership. And I learned that in the Perth Marathon of the World Marathon Challenge while Linda ran alongside me and encouraged me the whole way. So remember, triple A, partnering with someone is a much better way to succeed than trying to do it on your own. The triple A, ask, allow and assist, has already helped me in my life. And I really hope that it will help you in yours. Catch you next time for episode five of Run With Soul as we move on to the marathon in, uh, in Dubai. Have a great day.